The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. If we haven't met before, my name is Mitzi Mock, and I am the campus pastor here at this downtown location. Mother's Day has always been very, very special to me. Um, because way, way, way back in 1974, I was born on Mother's Day Sunday. And because I'm the oldest in my family, my birth made my mother a mother. And as I think about the way that she mothered me, one example just always stands out. And this is from when I I got older, maybe like high school and college. And I would take a nap, and sometimes it would be a short nap, sometimes it would be a very long nap. But I always remember her saying to me when I woke up, you must have needed that. No comment about being lazy or judgment of any kind, just you must have needed that. And so as I continue to pay attention to and honor the needs of my own body, that memory continues to be a gift to me. Many of you know that I am not a mother. Jerry and I have chosen to be child-free. And so I thought I would share a different kind of motherhood story with you today. Here at Ecclesia, we value the diversity of voices and stories, and so here is mine. When I was a child, I assumed that I would get married and I would have children. That was the norm of all of the people that I knew at that time. I still remember in third grade doing this activity where we had to draw pictures of ourselves in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. The only two drawings that I remember were of me as a cheerleader and then me as a wife with children. And and to this day, um, you know, neither of those happened. And to this day, I still wonder which of those ended up being more unlikely. Um, As I got older, I remember thinking, it would be great to be a mother, but it might be even greater to never get married and have children. And in fact, um, several of my friends and family were surprised when Jerry and I got engaged and got married. Uh, when I was in college, it was pretty common for us, um, for us girls, probably at least once a month. We would just talk about who we're interested in, who we're not interested in, and we would make this list of like, who's going to get married first, second, third, fourth, fifth, etc. My name was always last of who would get married, what the order was, and then there's a question mark after that um, being last. Um, You know, unlike many women I have talked to, especially women in the Middle East, I somehow grew up as I got older with the understanding that motherhood and having children was a choice. And I realize in talking to women today that many women felt like it wasn't a choice. And I never actually had or have had that yearning to have children. It was something that many of my friends talked about as they were looking forward to motherhood one day. That was never me. You know, by the time Jerry and I got 
engaged and got married, we were on the same page of wanting to be child-free. And there was a very brief time when we were wondering if it was our Christian duty to have children. And God reassured us that it wasn't, that he was giving that choice to us. And oh my goodness, there have been the critics and the people who have not understood that choice to be child-free. Some of the things that people have told us, well actually mostly told me, are things like, you are selfish. You owe it to your mother to give her grandchildren. (laughs) Who is going to take care of you when you're old? You are not going to have friends when you're old, so if you don't have children, you will be very, very lonely. And you're still young now, but when you get to the age where you can't have children, you are going to regret it. Please don't ever tell someone that. It's very hurtful because it makes me second guess some of my choices. But I will tell you that I have checked in with myself at 30, at 35, at 40, at 45. And this Thursday, I'm going to be 48, and I am still happy and content with our decision to be child-free. I appreciate that encouragement. It kind of takes away some of the sting of some of those comments from my past. The kicker, though, was a woman in her 30s that I had met, and we started talking about if we wanted children or not, and I told her that I did not desire to have children. I had known this woman one day, we were at a conference, and she looked at me right in the face and said, you are in denial. There is no way that you can be a woman and not want to have children. So from this stranger questioning my motherhood, I wish she would have just nodded and then changed the subject, which is what I did. I thought that was an appropriate response. Just listen to what she has to say and then talk about something else. And I quickly realized though that she had this visceral, probably painful desire to be married and have children, and she had not realized that yet. And so she was projecting on me these unrealized hopes and dreams. And I think we have a greater understanding, at least I do, that largely how people respond to us, to our words, to our actions, is more about them than it is about us. So these are just some of the few of the thoughts that I have when I think about Mother's Day and motherhood. And so when I was invited to preach today, I was telling God, so God, I'm not a mother. What should I preach about? And I heard God very, very clearly say to me, Mitzi, preach about me as mother. Remind my people that I am father and mother and that all of my beloved are made in my image and my likeness. 
Let's go to the scriptures. In Genesis, God says, now let us conceive a new creation, humanity, made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness. And let us grant them authority over all the earth, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the domesticated animals, and the small creeping creatures on the earth. So God did just that. God created humanity in God's image, created them male and female. I love that. This reminds me that Jerry is no more made in God's image than I am. That I am not less like God because of my femaleness, my femininity. So to the feminine among us, let me say this plainly to you. You are made in the image of God. And no, you are not a lesser or inferior image either. You are an image bearer of God, the creator and the lover of our souls. My pastor heart really, really wants you to know this, to feel this, and to experience this. I have to tell you that I shed many tears preparing for this sermon, having to revisit old wounds of times that the church, not God, through their words and actions, told me that I was lesser. And also grieving that there are not sermons like this when I was growing up as a young girl. So Ecclesia, through this sermon, God is inviting me to be the change that I want to see. And to go further in all of us being made in the image and likeness of God, throughout scripture, there are references to God as mother and God as feminine. Fortunately, there are so many of these scriptures that I have time to share just a few of them with you today. So let's start with the Psalms. David says, of one thing I am certain, my soul has become calm, quiet, and contented in you. Like a weaned child resting upon his mother, I am quiet. My soul is like this weaned child. And in Isaiah, God says, like a toddler, you'll be held, carried, nourished, and comforted. As a mother soothes her child, so I will comfort you. Such beautiful images from David and from God, of God as mother, who offers calm, quiet, contentment, rest, nourishment, and comfort. In Matthew, Jesus likens himself to a mother hen. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets whom God gives you. You stone those God sends you. 
I have longed to gather your children the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you refuse to be gathered. How does Jesus express his longing? As a mother hen who gathers her chicks, drawing them near, offering the safety and shelter of her wings. And who among you feels like she is a mama bear to her children? Well, guess what? God feels the same way. In Hosea, God says, I'll meet them like a bear who's lost her cubs. I'll rip open their chests. (laughs) How many of you have been parented or um, are being parented by a mama bear? She is bearing the image of God. So let's now go from this internal intensity of God as mother to the purely physical. In Job, God says, from whose womb comes the ice, and who gives birth to the sky's pale thick frost? God with a womb It's in the scriptures. And in Isaiah, we hear God say, eternal one, as a woman fiercely strains to give birth, I will gasp, pant, and cry out. God self-identifies with this uniquely female experience. Women who have given birth are the only ones among us who really know what that is like. And even as a, as a person who has never given birth, I find it liberating that for us to understand God, we need to listen to and celebrate the stories of labor, of women gasping, panting, and crying out as they give birth. They offer us a glimpse into our creator God who has birthed all things and who is continuing to bring forth new life. That God is likened to a mother emphasizes the feminine of God. And God is also portrayed in common feminine roles that are not mothers. In Nehemiah, a seamstress who is making clothes for Israel. In the Psalms and Isaiah, a midwife attending a birth. And in Luke, a woman working the leaven into bread. And it's not just modern day or contemporary women and men who are recognizing and calling out the feminine of God. Our early church mothers and fathers used explicit and elaborate feminine imagery of God. Here is just one example. In the 14th century, Julian of Norwich wrote, as truly as God is our father, so truly is God our mother. To the property of motherhood belong nature, love, wisdom, and knowledge, and this is God. I am the power and goodness of fatherhood I am the wisdom and the lovingness of motherhood. 
Julian of Norwich was a 14th century English mystic and theologian who never married nor ever had children. And can I confess something to you? There was a time where I thought Julian of Norwich was a man because who in the church quotes women? It just never occurred to me that this quotation, this spiritual truth, would come from a woman. That's just the way that I grew up. And this is what happens when we don't elevate and celebrate and embrace feminine voices in the church. And so to Julian, I apologize. And I also apologize to Teresa of Avila, St. Catherine of Siena, Mechtilde of Magdeburg, Hildegard of Bingen, Catherine of Alexandria, and many, many others. For decades, I didn't know you existed. So to the feminine in our community, you are created in the image of God. Your qualities and characteristics are found among the scriptures as a way to describe, understand, and experience God. Yes, you. And for some of us, this will be a long road to identity acceptance because of the powers and principalities that seek to exclude and who cannot acknowledge this truth. But I see you and I celebrate you. Ecclesia sees you and celebrates you. God sees you and celebrates you and sees you in God's self. Maybe you need to take a breath to let that sink in. And if you're sitting here perhaps feeling left out of this sermon, I invite you into compassion and empathy for the feminine among us who throughout the centuries are feeling the way you might be feeling right now. And to all the hearers of this message, to better know, understand, and experience God is to know and experience and embrace the feminine of God. If we are all made in the image of God, it takes all of us to know God. There are aspects of God that are more developed in me than in you. And there are qualities and characteristics of God that are more manifested in you than in me. The Bishop Bridget Mary Meehan writes, there is a growing contemporary phenomenon in the actuality of women affirming their worth and dignity as divine images created in the divine image. The process of naming and re-imaging God using feminine images in addition to the traditional masculine ones gives us endless possibilities for deepening our spiritual lives and presents us with new hope for growth in wholeness and holiness, working toward a more balanced, integrated approach 
to spirituality and ministry. And so Ecclesia, because God is also feminine, let's not leave out feminine voices, feminine bodies, and feminine leadership. Because when we do, we end up with a fragmented and false image of God. I love that Pastor Sean taught us about Teresa of Lisieux. And just last week, Pastor Mike was quoting feminine voices in his sermon. I preached my first ever sermon 11 years ago at 2115 Taft Street. Some of you recognize that address. This was Ecclesia's former home before we moved here. And when Chris, our lead pastor, asked me to preach, I was surprised. If women had preached at our church before, I had not heard them. And so I asked Chris, I said, why are you inviting me to preach? And I will never forget his response. Pastor Chris said, Mitzi, we need to hear a woman's voice talk about God's word. I am created in the image of God. When you leave me out, your image, understanding, and experience of God is incomplete. Our daughters, sisters, grandmothers, aunts, nieces, mothers, any of the feminine among us are created in the image of God. When we leave out the feminine, when we overlook the feminine, actually, let me take it further. When we as a community do not celebrate and embrace the feminine among us, we become like a bird with one wing. We cannot even begin to fly. And beloved, God is inviting us not only to fly, but to soar. Amen and amen. Ecclesia, I want to invite us into a contemplative moment with God. I want to invite you to sit with God with what you have just heard. And so if you're comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes and just start taking some deep breaths. What thoughts and feelings are arising for you? Joy, anger, freedom, belonging, regret, questions. I invite you to sit with that for a moment with God.
and from what you have noticed, what invitations may God be extending to you? Giving thanks, repentance, sharing your thoughts and feelings with a friend or family member, reading the teachings of theologians with feminine voices, committing to spending just more time with God in this. Talk to God about that right now. What is God inviting? My prayer is that you would have the courage and faith to say yes to God's invitation. I am grateful that God gave me the courage and faith to say yes to God's invitation to preach this sermon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.